Lord, we love your word. We love your goodness. We love the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We love that you're transforming us into the image of the Son, raising up a mighty army of warriors, of overcomers. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 4, 35, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, are we there? Good. He said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And what I conjecture there, and I could be wrong, I'm willing to be wrong, I think he was playing possum. But, I mean, he might have been at such rest that he was sleeping. Either way, works for me. I'm good with that. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? As if they could die with Jesus in the boat. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, this is before the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is before John 20, 22, where he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So... It's interesting, I think that he rebuked them for our sake and not for theirs, is my point. And I think that he explained that to them after he rose again. So for 40 days, he hung out with all the disciples for 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom. Before he ascended and 500 watched him go up. And he probably explained a lot of this kind of stuff. This is why I rebuked you, because this is what you're going to do in the future. And in the future, when you're going across the lake and, and the storm comes up, you're going to rebuke the wind, and it's going to obey you. All right? Okay, we can do that. So this is interesting, though. He arose, he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, the first thing I want you to notice here, this is good, I want you to notice he announces a destination. So there was a destination announced, let us go to the other side. There was a destination announced. And when the, wind, when the wind rose up, we're not told, by the way, that the wind was demonic. We're not told that a great Satan came. We're not told that demons came and stirred up the wind, and the wind arose against them. Though, that could be what happened. Either way, it doesn't matter. Jesus has power over the spirit realm, and he has power over the natural realm. The point to catch here is that he announces a destination, and a contrary wind 
comes up against them to keep them from their destination. So not only is it pouring water into the boat, and now the water's taking on boat, and they begin to fear for their lives, and, and the waves are roaring. You ever been on something where there's white caps in a little boat? Anybody in the building? Four of you? Uh, I mean, it's kind of scary, don't you think? I mean, it's, it, it gets a little scary. Uh, one of our early... One, one of our early... Uh, anniversary uh, occasions, we borrowed a boat from the people on the third row right there at the Dollarways. We borrowed their boat because I got this crazy idea I would take Joel uh, in a boat, of which I didn't own, to Blake Island to dinner at the Salmon House. You been there? Anybody done Blake Island Salmon House? Okay, well, you're missing out. You need to go there, and you need to borrow a little bitty dinky boat to do it. <laughs> Sorry, folks, but so we borrowed this boat. It did have a motor. It was a nice boat. It was a nice boat, but it's kind of small. And, uh, but on our way back, was it on the way back? Uh, on the way there, the waves came up. The wave, and uh, Miss Joel has not had a lot of boating experience. And uh, were you scared? You were frightened. A great way to destroy your anniversary joy. The, rom the romance of French kissing. Just go ahead and let... Did he say that in church? Mildred, I can't believe it. Okay, so. Just kill all romance. Go across the Puget Sound in whitecaps in a little boat, right? No, really, honey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it, honey. Seriously, it's going to be okay. Have you wet your pants yet? Oh, we're going to make it, honey. I mean, that's these guys, right? And he announced, they know where they're going. They got the compass set. He announces the destination. They're on their way. This contrary wind comes against them. But uh, he's resting in the midst of that, by the way. But when he's aroused to do something, and he's awakened to see that there's a contrary wind, not only threatening, not only threatening their lives, but it's resisting their destination, then he rises up and speaks to it. Then he's teaching, he's showing, he's reproving, he's correcting, he, he's imparting to them that this is the life you're inheriting. This is what I'm empowering you to do. And from now on, you're not to be fearful in such a case, but you are to rise up and to command the wind to be still and the storm to stop raging. Remember, by the way, remember, and uh, I think this is critical key to all of us that are growing in the Lord, is that this was Jesus the man, not Jesus God. This was Jesus acting in His righteousness as perfect man, not Jesus acting in His divinity. It, it wasn't like He woke up, and it's like, uh, it's, it's not like a Superman thing, right? He woke up, and like He, he kind of looks around the boat, and He sees the waves, and they're, they're crashing, and He kind of freaks out and tears open His robe, and there's a big giant J on the front of His chest, <laughs> and, and then He kind of... Nah, grunts a little bit, and he turns green. 
you know, that's the Incredible Hulk. Hulk, the Hulk, the Hulk. There, uh, uh, follow me. I'm, 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 I'm putting several odd things together. Okay, so. Big J on his chest. Super Jesus, SJ, and then he, he turns green, and then all at once he has to move from his manhood into his divinity. Oh, I have to be God now. This was Jesus the man. Jesus in his righteousness as perfect man, demonstrating the authority of righteous man, second Adam, over trouble, calamity, the curse, or potentially, if a demonic power had aroused that storm, no threat to the righteous one who is the perfect man, of whom now he's made you one who is clothed in that same righteousness, who's a partaker hidden in, partaker of the divine nature, hidden in God yourself because you're hidden in him. Is this okay? Uh, what, 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 what do we typically do with storms in our lives? What, what do religious folks, good Christians, do with storms in our lives? Well, you know, first we start moaning and crying, uh, and then we look for others to tell them about how big our storm is, right? Uh, and then we start imagining uh, if this, you know, how... What will happen if this storm continues on? Uh, and then we start talking about uh, what will happen if this storm continues on, right? Uh, and, and are you hearing what I'm saying? In a lot of ways, the current mindset of the average Christian is not much different than those disciples who were in the boat, even though... They were in the boat with Jesus, and you are in the boat with Jesus even now, and He's announced destinations to you that should be in your heart, in your mind, unalterable destinations. Raise these kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Increase in your business or start or launch. This is the ministry that I've called you to and how I want you to walk it out. You know, there's, there's destinations that the Lord announces over us, and then there's contrary winds that come up against those destinations. And we have to be careful that we aren't acting like the rest of Christendom if the rest of Christendom is responding to storms with moaning and crying and complaining and disillusionment, and, 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 and just every other kind of thing, hello, somebody. Are, are you with me? You okay? Uh, what are some of the other things that we do? Oh, there goes one, my throat lozenges right there. Um, we'll get that later. What are some of the other things that we do? Um, we discuss every angle of the storm. We get a we get a storm report, check the forecast with others who are experiencing storms. Oh, the, that happened to you too. Uh, we start bailing water. We bail water uh, super fast, right? Uh, and this, you know, 
the emphasis, uh, uh, the emphasis of what we're in the midst of and what we're calling you to is an emphasis of prayer. Hearing from God, spending time with Him, cultivating a relationship so I can hear destinations, so I can hear destinations, so that I can get wisdom and knowledge about how to get there, how to walk this out, what He has for me, each step of the way. So, so prayer, prayer is a big part of this. And a lot of times, instead of the prayer part, we're doing the paddle part. It's what, uh, it's what Sarah uh, initially did, and I hate to bring it up, but it's what Sarah initially did with, with Abram. Is it, is it, well, this isn't working. I don't know how we're going to have uh, these children, how we're going to have an heir in our house. And, and so, you know, the paddle part. The paddle part uh, was, was why, don't you, why don't you take Hagar, come on, I take Hagar, my concubine, and, and maybe for adventure the Lord will give us children through her. Maybe this will be fulfilled through her. So it's, it's taking now an alternate pathway instead of just staying the course and maybe rising up and rebuking the storm. What would happen if you rose up and rebuked the storm? Sometimes we move the rudder into a position that steers us into a different destination so we can avoid the storm. Sometimes we start throwing things overboard, but we're still going down. Sometimes we consider how more chocolate or other things could help us uh, through the current situation. More naps, more sleeping. Unhealthy routines, uh, we get depressed over the storm. Maybe we start attacking others around us, blaming them for the storm. But when everything has failed, then it, we wake up Jesus and we start yelling at Jesus, don't you see there's a storm? You told me to go here. You told me this was going to happen in my life. This was going to come to pass. This is what I was going to do. Don't you care? And I want you to hear this morning the Lord saying to you, why are you fearful? I'm in the boat with you. When I gave you that word, when I gave you that vision, when I gave you that direction, when I spoke that over you, I never left the boat. I never said, you do this, and, and, and I'm going to leave. I'm going to be I'm actually on my way to this destination with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. But today, what you have to know, this side, this side on the Holy Spirit breathing on you and being poured out upon you, Jesus is actually looking to you to rise up and rebuke the storm. He's expecting you to be one not of little faith, but of great faith. He needs you to be of great faith. He needs you to rise up and rebuke the storm. Here's some of the ways that we pray about this stuff. Like, uh, we'll have a confession prayer about the storm. 
Father, I'm just coming to you to tell you there's a mighty big storm out there. And Father, I don't know how much longer I can stand this storm because it's mighty big. And Father, my, my checkbook is empty. My children are sick. And it just seems like it's getting worse, Father. Reporting to Father, because he doesn't know these things, by the way. He has no idea if you don't tell him. So we have to bring some of these things to him by way of confession because he doesn't have a clue. Right? Then there's the petition prayers. Father, please deliver me from this storm. Father, I brought this up to you before. I, I, know, I know you know what's going on, but please help me. Please, Jesus, take this storm away. This, it's overwhelming, Jesus. Uh, then there's the, there's the pardon prayers. Lord, <laughs> this one, we kind of work our way into this one on day three. Uh, forgive me, Father, for causing the storm. I must have caused it. Forgive me for whatever I've done to cause this storm, whatever sin I've committed. Father, I'll repent. I'll, I'll serve you the rest of my life if you'll take it away, Lord. Prayed that prayer before? Yep. So, there, you know, there's a bunch of this. There's even, there's even the praise prayers. We even, praise, we even play the pra- we pray the praise prayers because uh, we're, we're sure that uh, oh, those three didn't work, so then we're sure the praise prayer should work. Because we read that somewhere, right? Praise you for this storm, Lord. Thank you. Why didn't I think of this before? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this storm. I know you're going to teach me something in the middle of this, Lord. We'll pray the prayers. Yeah. Most of these, you know, most of the time this stuff just falls short. It doesn't work. Jesus wants you to rise up and speak to the storm. By the way, there's, uh, there's only, I think there's only uh, potentially three reasons why storms come up in Christians' lives. Number one, something wrong with us, our thinking, our behavior, our methods, our habits, or sin. So, number one, something wrong with us. That ever happened to you? Do you ever create your own storm? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've, I've done that plenty of times. So, sometimes we create our own storm. So, but did you know the Lord is merciful? And, and that if you'll just repent, then you can actually rise up in the boat and start commanding the storm to stop? What the enemy wants you to think is that if you had a participation level in creating the storm, then no, even if you get forgiveness for your part in it, you will not have any authority to quench it. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. The moment you turn your heart, turn your mind, the moment you repent, the moment you, the moment you shift your thinking back to wisdom, back to God, back to that which is the wisdom from above, then the next moment you can rebuke the storm and it, and it shall be quenched. It shall be quenched. Oh, no, God's going to put you in time out for two weeks. What God are you serving? That's not the way it works. It didn't work that way at my house either. The moment the heart was changed, let's move forward. Hallelujah. Let's have happy relationships. Number two, a second reason for storms is opposition in the sphere of influence or authority where he's called you, right? So, so that could be a reality. Uh, he's, he's called you to do something. Storms rise up. 
That has a lot to do with this destination thinking. He's called you. He called us to plant a church. I'm telling you, so many storms rose up. If we believed that storms were from God and of God and God sent storms, we would have quit a thousand years ago. I mean, we just would have, we would have been done. When you're on a trajectory that is good, that is good, that is in agreement with the Word, that is positive, there are, there's going to be assignments and storms and hindrances and devils and troubles that rise up. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, you might be kind of tasting the dregs of what you're called to do because you're, you're called to actually push through something that's hard. Right? So Jesus, you know, sometimes, sometimes storms seem to be awfully interrelated to the cup we're called to drink. So Jesus said, I, this is not going to feel very good. So Father, if this could pass from me, that'd be really cool. I'd rather not drink this cup. There's some pretty heavy dregs in the bottom of it, and I would rather not drink this cup. But uh, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, right? So then he drinks the cup, the cup of giving up his life for us. And, and part of that was laying down his life, and part of that was the shame involved in the midst of that, that there was, there was a, a level of shame that came on him, not just the reproach of our sins, but the reproach of what he went through to purchase our salvation. So it says that he despised the shame for the joy set before him. And sometimes you got to know when you're going through something, and we're, we're thinking, well, yeah, but I mean, he, but he died, so actually he lost. No, no, his death was the victory. He, 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 he won. There will always be victory for you if you run your race and stand firm and go through. And, and, and it's interesting when Peter said, uh, no, I don't think you're supposed to die. It's interesting. That was contrary wind. That was contrary wind. He's on his destination. He sets his face to Calvary, and now one of his closest friends says, no, you're not going to give up your life. You're not going to die. And he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. That was contrary, that was contrary wind, right? Because he had set his face to a destination. But not every destination is going to be like flowers all the way. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get there. It doesn't mean you're not going to win. And, and it, it's interesting. And we wouldn't think of, you know, Peter's confrontation to his best friend as like wind and waves. But that's what it was. That's what it was. There were forces and there were voices trying to move him off of his destination. But he had set his face toward his destination. And, and you got to know that when you set your face towards something, there may be opposition, but it's not opposition you're supposed to grovel about. You're not, you're not supposed to whine or grovel or you're, you're, rise up, continue to speak to the storm. Jesus did it real firm at that moment. That'd be kind of firm. Get thee behind me, Satan, <laughs> to his best friend. That was, that was kind of firm, Right? But nonetheless, we see him pressing through. And, and we have to realize that whenever you're called to something good, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be naysayers. There's going to be haters. There's going to be negativity. But you're called to overcome. You're called to get to that destination. You're called to go all the way. And the victory, the victory is tied to what comes up out of you in the midst of that storm. 
Not fear, but faith. We're going to get through this thing. The Lord rebuke you. Hindrances, trouble, witchcraft, harm, negativity, unbelief, discouragement, lack, difficulty, disfavor, reproach, shame. <laughs> I'm going through. Get out of the way. 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 I'm going through. The, uh, I think the third, the third thing that uh, can be stirring up storms is just the curse. No demons involved. We're fighting the curse. You, you can't do something great without fighting the curse. You're, you're going to be fighting the curse. And the curse creates storms. And as it did that day with wind on water, and in the afternoon often wind comes up on lakes. You can water ski real well in the morning, but any of you water skiers or, or wakeboarders, you know that in the afternoon the wind comes up. Kind of common. And uh, not, it's not uncommon to go to good old Lake Taps in the afternoon and see whitecaps out there. It's not a good moment to wakeboard or, or to water ski. Maybe wakeboard would be all right. But. So, you know, there's just elements. There's just things happening. There's things happening that you actually are empowered to quench, that you're empowered to speak to. You're not a disempowered guy. You're, you're not a person who's just like uh, 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 trying to talk God into getting you through. And this is the perspective we have to set aside, is somehow we have to set aside that prayer is trying to talk God into getting us through our storms. Strategizing, letting Him know, you know, what we're going to do uh, on the other side of this and, and how He can trust us. And, and, and a lot of this conversational stuff we're having with Father to convince Him that He ought to get through the stor- us through the storm is ineffectual. The Lord wants you to rise up in your boat. Most Christians are praying as if they must convince God that it would be good if He took away a storm or a mountain. They're praying that way because that's what they define as fervent prayer. They feel like if they can convince God that it would be good to take away the storm, they'll get their answer. Others feel God sent the storm because in their theology, He's sovereign. He's in control of everything. There's no room for devils or the curse. It must be God's will. Others feel like they probably deserve the storm because they're unworthy, and they'll certainly learn a good lesson from this storm spanking. Other Christians at the same time with prayer, trying to convince God to take away the storm, aren't really sure if it's His will that He will. And so they combine, if it be thy will, prayers, has a submissive ring to it, but it's misplaced. Are you hearing me this morning? It's okay. Others of us, while we're not sure if it's God's will to take away the storm, we're actually working hard on our own to take away the storm. So if we're working hard on our own to take away the storm, then that should tell us that it's actually God's will to take away the storm. If you're paddling hard 
That's actually God telling you inwardly to overcome the storm. So paddle less and prophesy more. So instead of wondering, is it God's will that, that is it, the storm hasn't gone away because it's, maybe it's not? It, it, but if you're paddling, then take it inwardly to know it is God's will that this storm be removed out of your life. And since it is, paddle less and prophesy more. Paddle less and prophesy more. The word of the Lord is in your mouth. It's in your heart. What's in my heart? This storm isn't right. I should get out of this storm. This storm, this storm should stop. This storm is hindering my destination. It's in your heart. Now put it in your mouth. Paddle less, prophesy more. I want the band to come and help us close this morning. Would you stand up? Join me this morning as we close out. He who spared not his own son, Romans 8.32, will he not also freely give you all things? Lord, we just open our hearts right now to the deposit of the Spirit, to everything that you're doing within us. You are so good. We sang about your goodness this morning. We sang about storms being quenched this morning. We, we sang about wind and waves being stilled this morning. And it's because you're so good. It is because you're so good. Your favor is on us. Would you just put your hands up kind of in that receiving mode, like a, just a, a vessel to be filled, and just start processing with your mouth that you receive His favor. Just, let's just begin to fill the room right now with just an atmosphere of receiving. Lord, we receive your favor. We receive your favor. We receive your goodness. We receive the power to quench storms. We receive the faith to quench storms. We receive the wisdom to quench storms. We receive the courage to quench storms. We receive the partnership with Jesus, the partnership with the divine nature to quench storms. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it of you, Lord. We receive it of you, Lord. You will not be saying of us, oh, ye of little faith, why are you so fearful? Lord, from this moment on, we're putting a smile on your face. We're putting a smile on your face. We are storm quenchers. The Holy Spirit rides on the air on the, on, the, on the waves of our voice, we lose you. We lose you when we quench storms. We lose you when we quench storms. Whatsoever we bind is bound. Whatsoever we loose is loose. You, Holy Spirit, are alive and riding on the waves of our voice. And as we lift our voice, as we lift our voice to confront those destination thieves, those destination hindrances, those destination storms,
difficulties and troubles, you are present in our voice. You are present. You are present. You are present. And we know it, Lord. We believe it, Lord. And we receive a shift in our perspective, a shift in our prayer life, a shift in the prophetic this morning. We are the prophetic mouthpiece of the Lord. We are used of you, Lord Jesus, in our own sphere and in our own calling and in our own realm. In what you've called us to, we receive the power to prophesy and to agree with what you've said. We receive that power. We receive that grace. We receive that enablement to Lord. We thank you for it. Oh, give him a thank offering. We're going to worship as we close.